0: Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. And it's time for the New Year's Test in Sydney, as it is every year Australia versus Pakistan. Australia 2 0 up after a fantastic victory in the Boxing Day Test inside four days. Louis Cameron was there, he's also now in Sydney. And he joins me, Josh, on a finger to preview what will be David Warner's final test match. How are you going, Lou?
1: It will be David Warner's final test match and there's been kind of a bit of late drama as there always is with uh, with David. I'm going well, Josh. Thanks for asking. Hope you're going well in the new year. Um, and probably the most important thing, you know, more important than, than Warner is farewell or um, anything else is the weather in Sydney currently is looking okay. Um, the forecast isn't great. It's probably not as bad as last year, but uh, I think day two might be the worst at this point. Um, but kind of as Pat Cummins said in his press conference today, the forecast almost means nothing over here. Um, you can kind of, you know, you can say one thing and then something completely different happens. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed we get a full testing.
0: You mentioned Pat Cummins' press conference today. Did he give you an insight into how Australia are going to line up? He did. Business as usual. Same team. The same one that played
1: in Perth. The same one that uh, won in Melbourne, although albeit quite narrowly. Right? Like it. Um, you know, they got pushed pretty hard uh, over there. But you can't particularly say anyone needs to go out of that team. You know, no one's absolutely banging the door down to to come in. There's obviously no Sheffield Shield on at the moment. I've been watching Cameron Green in the Nets the last two days and. Um, kind of the way he was training today, I actually thought, um, he, he, might be a chance of playing. Just like they're really putting a lot of work and attention into him. He was working a lot with Michael Di Benudo, uh, the batting coach and Andrew McDonald, um, on the, on the winger. And, um, I kind of thought, oh, you know, like this is unusual on the eve of the test, but I, I guess it's just kind of regular tune up stuff for him. And, um, who knows, we might see him later in the series if, um, Mitch Marsh is, you know, uh, you know, can't get through a, a full series, but at the moment the main bowlers are, are looking really good. Um, no fitness concerns uh, that we know of over any of them, um, which is pretty remarkable, right? Like this is a, a really durable pace trio we've um, kind of got at the moment. They played all but one game together during the World Cup. Mitchell Stark got rested from one of them, but otherwise it was the same three the whole way through. And even going back to the Ashes, Pat Cummins played all six uh, Ashes and World Test Championship Final Tests. Uh, Josh Hazelwood played four, which was a pretty good return given his injury uh, troubles over the preceding two and a half years, and Mitchell Stark played five. So um, they're, you know, they're entering their um, early 30s and even mid 30s. Dare I say it? Um, and they're probably as versatile, as, uh, sorry, as um, as uh, durable as ever.
0: And they're all coming into their home test as well. This one, isn't it? So they won't want to miss it. Homecoming for a lot of them Uh, Pakistan their captain Shan Masood also spoke today Louis Do we know how they're gonna line up here?
1: No indication yet on which way Pakistan will go so the interesting kind of thing with them is They've been keeping their leg spinner Abra Ahmed who hasn't played the first two tests because of a bit of a right leg issue that um, seems to have something to do with a pinched nerve down there, which is a bit of a nasty um, injury he's carrying. So he's their, their their main leg spinner. He's the guy they really would have liked to have played in the series. And I think they've had half an eye on this test uh, to kind of keeping him here the whole time. Um, and I think they'd like to play him. It's just uh, a matter of whether he can get through a full test with that injury. Um, and I guess the other bit is Salman. Um, Agar, Agar Salman has done a really good job with the ball. You know, we know he's not a frontline spinner, but he's been really accurate and I thought he's – um He's kind of done a lot better than I uh, would have anticipated. Um, So they might again go in with with four quicks. Some reports in the Pakistani media that Shaheen Shahid Freedy is carrying something. Um, So it'd be a shame if he didn't get to play uh, this final test because um, he's been a bit down on pace, but I think, um, you know, he's obviously the leader of the attack. So uh, no indications as yet. Um, You know, I I doubt there's going to be three changes again like they did between Perth and Melbourne where they changed their wicket keeper and um, altered the uh, fast bowling stocks as well. Uh, but, you know, no major injuries um, reported between uh, Melbourne and Sydney, which, you know, is a positive sign on a uh, on a, <laughs> a funny old trip for, for Pakistan. Um, one of the other media reports that was that was quite amusing was that um, the team director, Mohamed Afiz, missed his flight um, coming up to Sydney, um, having imposed, you know, some strict rules around um, curfews. And I think even, maybe not curfews, but I think sleeping... During, while the game is on, has a, has now a fine attached to it. If you do that in the Pakistani dressing room. Um, so he's kind of trying to bring in some discipline, but then, um, didn't make the, didn't make the plane over on time. Oh, okay. um, so that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, it's, I was going to say like, you know, it's almost like the wheels are falling off, but you could, we got to remember like they nearly won the MCG test and had a Shafiq taking that catch off. Uh, Mitchell Marsh you know it could have been a very different uh, very different story over there
0: Muhammad Hafiz's comments post-game as well saying that Pakistan were the better team that certainly got a few people talking as well well maybe Hafiz needs to invest in a better alarm clock or <laughs> to make sure that he's getting through those flights yeah and you'd think that you know given there's there's almost always so much kind of
1: politics with Pakistani cricket and um, yeah, he's there in an interim capacity. Like I, there might be a, a, an ulterior motive there to, to kind of deflect blame um, away, which is a shame because they they played really well over in Melbourne. I don't think they need to worry about pointing fingers and doing that kind of thing. Just kind of let your cricket do the, do the talking. Um, and you know, there's no there's no shame in like teams lose tests by close margins by missing crucial moments. There's no shame in kind of going down to. Um, to you know mm. in honour of um test match kind um, of going down like that especially given how good the Australians are at the moment but on their own terms so um, yeah hopefully we, we see them perform well again this test
0: yeah it was a fantastic test match well done to the curator and everybody down there in mm. Melbourne for what was a great match and what, what a, to Pakistan I guess for, as you said you know taking Australia all the way to the very line which is hard to do down here so Hopefully, Shaheen Shah Afridi plays because we know that he's had a really great uh, relationship with David Warner over the years. And we'll get to that as well in the David Warner um, moments and sort of loving that we're going to have later in this episode. But why don't we get to his week, David Warner? He's announced on the 1st that not only will it be his end of his test career, but also the end of his ODI career. Depending on what happens over the next couple of years, but for now he's done with ODIs. And today he's also had some more news that's come out today about his uh, baggy green.
1: Yeah, so there's always, um, you know, there's always a bit of a drama with with Davy. And as it is going into his last test, he's missing his baggy green slash baggy greens. Um, so that's kind of the one interesting part of it is that it sounds like he might have multiple baggy greens. I believe there was an incident. Um just been asking around to, to kind of get to the bottom of that exactly, but um apparently he had his bag being refurbished or replaced in bangladesh in 2017. uh so he maybe had both of them you know maybe kept the old one as a bit of a keepsake but they've gone missing is kind of the headline he had a, a backpack it was inside a bigger bag um and somewhere between the team leaving from melbourne uh the hotel in melbourne at south bank um then you know that um that luggage gets transported on the bus uh goes to the airport goes on the plane comes to sydney uh, and then when he arrived in Sydney, it uh, wasn't there. Now, Dave left, from my understanding, he left this backpack in the bag um, with his career gear on the 30th, and then he flew to Sydney um, back home, understandably, to, to kind of um, meet with his, um, you know, to be back with his family. And then the following day, all the Australian team's um, luggage you know, made its way to Sydney. So he kind of left it there overnight for 24 hours, and then when he got it again, um, the bag had been had come out of the, the bigger bag, and the bag of greens weren't in there anymore. So he's kind of pleaded with the public, um, if you know if someone has indeed taken it to to return it, um, it, it it wouldn't be um, you know it'd be a bit of a shame, right? Like if he had to walk out with a, a brand new baggy green for his hundred <laughs> and twelfth and and final test, it'd be a bit of a an odd thing seeing a brand new baggie, But um, fingers crossed, it can be returned.
0: Yeah, well, we do see in these sort of situations, like I remember the Lance Franklin 1000th goal ball that got returned. So, you know, sometimes Mm. pleading with the public works and yeah, it would be weird. What happens here? Because is it, would they just have to tell him, well, if you don't get it back, you're going to have to wear your floppy hat? Or do they give him a new one? What's the sort of protocol here, do we think?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm even thinking back to the um, the NBA recently with Giannis Antetokounmpo chasing someone down um, the the race when the game ball uh, <laughs> got got taken off him. Uh, fans of the NBA will know what I'm talking about with that. But yeah, I guess he'll just have to wear his either his floppy hat or they'll have to get him a brand new baggy green. Um, it would seem weird that he, someone would get a, a new baggy green and then probably would never get worn again, right? Like they're not gonna do a hand-me-down for whoever becomes the next best <laughs> player. Um, maybe become a bit of a collector's item. So it's a, it's a really weird situation to be in.
0: Yeah, the clock is ticking. So hopefully, for David Warner's sake, it comes through. Now, a very long press conference yesterday that David Warner held. Louis, you were there. He was asked questions about every subject uh, conceivable, as you would imagine. And uh, why don't we hear what David said, uh, his emotions heading into his final test?
2: I'm feeling great. Um It's a great decision I think I've made, you know, I've got to give back to the family. Um, And also on the back of that, I think I'm I'm definitely retiring from one-day cricket as well. Um, That was something that I I had said, you know, through the World Cup, get through that and if, um, you know, winning it in India, I think that's a massive achievement. So um, I'll make that decision today as well to retire from those forms, um, which it does allow me to go and play. Um, some other leagues around the world and and sort of get the the one-day team um, sort of moving forward a little bit. I know there's a Champions Trophy coming up and, you know, look, if I'm playing decent cricket still in two years' time and I'm, I'm around and, you know, they need someone, I'm, I'm going to be available.
1: Yeah, so it was an interesting press conference from, from Dave Warner. I kind of thought that he might be a bit punchier, like he might kind of come out swinging a bit and you know, uh, settle a few scores. And he's you know when the when the attention's still on him because he is that kind of character. He's a very honest guy, and we know that he's got that streak about him. But it was actually pretty mellow. He's pretty introspective. Um, he's very grateful. I, I think was um, my overriding takeaway from it. And I think it was a uh, you know it was redeeming to kind of to kind of see that. Um, you know, I spoke a little bit about the lessons that he uh, learned from Cape Town in 2018 and the ban, and you know, getting back to grassroots cricket and how that has kind of shaped the. You know the back few years of of his career, um, he spoke a lot about uh, a little bit about Phil Hughes and the impact that that death had on him. Um, you know, this is a guy that he kind of came through the ranks of New South Wales playing with, and um, he basically said that Phil would you know probably be opening with either him or or Usman if you know if he was still with us. So um, that was really touching, but it was actually interesting the the moment that he got a bit teary a little bit, was actually speaking about Usman and the fact that he's um, going to finish his career opening the batting with Usman, um, you know, this childhood friend of his, I think they played in the under-11s together, uh, and, you know, they're gonna, he's going to open for the last time with that same guy at the other end. So um, it's just so fitting um, and just such a, such a special thing and a really unusual thing that, um, that will happen.
2: Yeah, um I was saying it was here this morning when we were out in the middle with his debut test. I was actually sitting up in the in one of the boxes up there, um, and it was awesome to see. And uh yeah, it's a it is a fairy tale ending. I think I don't know too many cricketers have gone through junior cricket um with each other, um and and, and played the highest level for a for a long period of time. But just to see him come back the way he has the last two years has been absolutely amazing. Uh I know um, his family are really really proud of him i 'm really really proud of him as a mate um, and I brought a tear to my eye when he scored that hundred when he first came back um, but yeah, I think you know when you when you, when you're childhood friends and you get to go out here at the SCG as kids as you know dreaming big it 's a great fitting um, you know i am loving that.
0: So, Lou, before I get your favourite David Warner innings or moment or memory, I'm just going to give you some rapid stats on David Warner's career so far. Uh, As you said, 111 test matches, 8,695 runs, totaling 18,500 international runs all up. He's got a century in all international formats, 2,600s in the test arena and 22 In the ODIs and surprisingly four test wickets to his name as well with those little leg spinners that he used to bowl so we haven't seen those for a while in the test arena and given what we saw at the World Cup probably probably a good thing. Well funny you should mention that
1: Uh, Pat Cummins got asked today what the ideal scenario would be uh, for David Warner's uh, farewell test and you know what he'd like to see him uh, Do to the last time, and he said, you know, of course, make 100, but he, he thought maybe a leg spinner could take the final wicket of the game <laughs> <laughs> to seal an Australian victory. Um, did Warner bowl leg spin in that warm-up game for uh, Australia? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. Also against Pakistan, uh, interestingly. So, yeah, the, so they've been some, watching footage. That's right. They could well have some uh, knowledge of what to expect. Uh, I feel like I've seen him bowl medium pace at other stages of, of his career. Yeah, you could be right. Uh, we can go trawling into the archives if you'd like, but uh, we yeah. might stick, stick to the favourite memories. We do have a lot of great answers as well from... Uh, fans on social media, such as Jason Ford, who said that his favourite David Warner memory was being dismissed for 99 at the MCG, only to be called back after it was a no-ball. The crowd went wild, and he was there, and he said that was a fantastic moment. Lots of people saying, of course, his triple century in Adelaide. This one is worth mentioning as well. Shukant said that winning play of the tournament at the T20 World Cup in 2021, where he proved everyone wrong after being written off, that was A pretty important moment in Australia's winning World Cup.
1: Yeah, so I mean, so many of those highlights have come on home soil, right? And that's kind of where he's been at his most dominant, particularly in Test cricket. Although he's had limited over success all around the world, Um, and the T20 World Cup, especially as you kind of touched on, that was that was such a big moment. He was um, player. He was player of the series, wasn't he? He Played that World Cup. Yeah. Um, but look, my favorite memory is I'm going to go a little bit alternative just because I think it's one people have forgotten about was, uh, the tour of Bangladesh in 2017. He made centuries in both test matches there. And that was kind of notable, um, particularly for him because I think playing against spin and, um, had been identified as a bit of an issue. And, um, Ashwin had had his, had his measure over in a, in India in a series earlier that year. Um, and there was kind of all these question marks about him and people kind of said, oh, well, you know, he, he made two centuries against Bangladesh, but that were a really difficult attack to come up against. Shakib Belsan was kind of in the prime of his, his bowling career. I think he took 10 wickets in the first test match and made 71, but um, on, a, on a terrible pitch, not um, even terrible, like a really turning pitch in the, in the first test, made a brilliant century and Australia nearly won that match and then he made another ton uh, in Chittagong in, uh, in the second match. And, um, and they did get over the line. So kind of two performances, like it just looked like it meant a lot to him kind of in that moment. Like he had just been putting in a lot of work. Like he could never um, throughout his career doubt the work ethic that, that Warner had um, and he put a lot of work into playing spin. I thought those were maybe two overlooked innings of his career. Uh, another highlight is just his fielding at this most recent World Cup. So we know he had a really good tournament with the bat. Um, He hasn't lost anything with the bat in in white ball cricket, but um, just how impactful he was, uh, particularly in the final as well, about um, with his fielding and fielding on the boundary, uh, despite not really being able to throw. Like I'm surprised that teams don't kind of come back for a second run more often on him, but he's just so athletic um, and just so fiercely determined um, that it it can kind of change games. games. It changed the match against Sri Lanka. Uh, that third match that they, they had to win, Sri Lanka were none for 120-odd and Australia were right up against it uh, and Warner took a, a catch that kind of changed the whole complexion of, of the tournament really. So, um, yeah, a, a marvellous cricketer in, in I was going to say, in all respects, maybe not in bowling, but uh, <laughs> in in fielding and batting, he, he's, he's been an absolute tight. Uh,
0: a couple of good answers as well uh, from Angus Matrick who said uh, – The OLED TV ad, that's very memorable (laughs) in David Warner's career. And uh, Scott, Jack and Johnny said that uh, when he met Joe Root in that English pub, The Walkabout, that was a pretty memorable moment as well. (laughs) But we won't go too much into that one. My favourite, I'd have to say, was uh, the T20 international debut against South Africa. Mm. Who could forget? 89 off 43 balls up against Stan and in Callis. And he absolutely lit the MCG alight that night. And it all started for David Warner there.
1: And, you know, really I'm glad you brought that up. I saw a tweet from our colleague Scott Bailey from AAP who made a really good point about how that game just wouldn't happen now when you think about um, that was a full-strength South Africa attack for a bilateral T20 match uh, played away from their home. Um, you know, that probably just, you know, they wouldn't bring out their first-choice team because uh, unless there was a T20 World Cup happening right after it, you just wouldn't play them um these days with the, the balancing mm. between formats and domestic leagues the crowd of course was a big one but also the fact that david warner was just such an unknown like people didn't know anything about him i feel like once guys get to the international level people kind of know them already from the big bash and maybe they want to play at ipl and and that kind of thing but the, the bbl especially is as a way of um kind of putting people into the national consciousness and um, that debut amazingly predates even um, the current format of, of the Big Bash. Maybe he played some state uh, Big Bash games at that point, but completely different complexion mm. um, of cricket it was back in two thousand and nine. That was
0: yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. So a lot's changed, and who knows if we'll see another opener who you know can can play all three formats like
0: him of course it's also the pink test as it is every year and in 2017 david warner also against pakistan scored a century before lunch on day one of the pink test which a lot of people have also said is a memorable moment i think it came off 78 balls only the fifth player in history to do that so uh, could we see a repeat in this particular match Well, that would be some way to go out It'd be amazing, yeah. I mean, I almost think he, he doesn't really play like that anymore. Like I
1: know McDonald and Pat Cummins want him to, you know, really take things on and be the aggressor. I'm not sure he's quite the same batter anymore and that's probably a testament to him more than anything. Like he's kind of evolved in a way that um, he doesn't need to kind of go out and try and blaze a 78-ball century or a century in a session. So, um look, I'd be really surprised if that happened. But, um, yeah, it's no uh, no skin off his back.
0: All right, Lou, thanks for all the Warner updates. Enjoy the test up there in Sydney, and we'll uh, check in after the match.
1: Look forward to it, Josh.